When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Hello and welcome to You Are Going to Be Fantastic. I'm Ann Foster. I'm Jenny Ryan. And today we're going to have some high-speed banter because we want to get right to our interview because we're excited. And I have to go to work. So <laughs> so um, do you have a banter topic? If you don't, I do. Oh, you go. You go. I got bangs. What? Yeah, you do. I got little bangs. Yeah. How are you liking them? I'm enjoying the bangs life for now. Um, I have Is that had... hashtag bangs life with a Z? Yeah, hashtag bangs for life. Bangs for life. Um, yeah. I, I think like a lot of people... I go through phases where I'm just like, I get bangs and I'm like, why did I get bangs? That's and then I just day. like pull yeah. them back and I'm like, I hate my bangs and I yeah. grow them out. And then two years later, I'm like, should I get bangs? Yeah. And then I do. But the thing that used to mess me up as a kid was I'd be like, as a kid, like in, in junior high, I'd be like, should I get bangs? I'm like, yeah, I'll cut them myself. Mm-hmm. And that was never a good scene. No. Especially because my hair is curly. Oh, that would be a problem. So you would cut bangs and they'd be like straight. And then I didn't know about like straightening irons then yeah so i just have these little curly bangs and i'd cut them and look nice then they dry and they'd be like i have little yeah. springs on the top of my head yeah anyway that didn't happen this time since i moved to saskatchewan i've been able to do bangs more regularly because it's there's not moisture in the uh, air oh so your bangs don't curl up like that exactly so anyway i'm enjoying my bangs the first bang cut i ever did was i cut my own bangs in toronto and i forgot when you wet your hair and then it dries it shrinks yeah 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 so i cut my own bangs and then i sat and was like watching tv and my boyfriend came home and he's like why are you a romulan because <laughs> my bangs were like the shortest Little do you remember bangs. like little baby bangs were like a trend in like the mid 90s yeah, people did these creepy. like retro like betty page like super short bangs yeah well that's what I, I also cut those for myself oh. then you can't pin them back well i guess that's what i was attempting maybe but i just looked like a romulan yeah. um betty page would have been a better compliment for my boyfriend so um the moral of the story is if you're thinking of getting bangs you know pay a little money get a person to do it get a professional who knows what they're doing yeah. That's my story. But also, if you get bangs cut by a person, you can go in and get a free bangs trim. Yeah. I've always felt guilty doing that. I've never really done that either. I always just grow them out. So I feel like this is a perfect segue to Amber Christensen, our guest today, who because has bangs. bangs. She does have bangs. Sort of. They're sort of a side. Would you call them a bang? Call them bangs? Would you call it a fringe? Well, I recently moved to Brandon, Manitoba and had to find a new place to get my hair cut. Oh, where are you going? So I'm currently going to, I don't know. Oh, what is it called? Twizzle Stwick. I don't know. All the places in Brandon are like play on words like yeah. hairistocracy that's cute yeah i keep every time i see a hair place with a silly name i always want to just like take pictures and start some sort of like photo project of just hair pun i have many for you now that i live in a small town but my hairdresser is 19 years old she's very excited and she informed me that i should have an angled bang yeah yeah. so now i have an angled bang it's great i like it she also reparted my hair so that it's more i don't do it though more evenly parted so i can have more volume on oh, both sides my hairstylist is always like where do you part your hair i'm like part my hair and it's like i just dry it with a towel and then it just lands yeah so amber you've moved to brandon manitoba yes um i feel so we're just gonna get right to it um because we don't someone needs a studio <laughs> soon um i like that you have moved to Brandon, manitoba and have a hairstylist who's 19 years old because i feel like in in your life plan having a 19 year old hairstylist in Brandon, manitoba was probably never part of your 
goal. But you know what I'm thinking is when you were 19, what did you think your life was going to be? Yeah. So would it, would it, would it have involved Brandon Manitoba and a no, young eager stylist? I, when I was 19. <clears throat> here's the, I also cut somebody's hair once when I was 19 years old and they happened to work here. That's you, Sarah. Yes. And they're, they may go by the name, the DJ name Jay of Spades. Okay. You may know who this is. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, they got this name because I made them look like the playing card. The Jay of Spades. Oh. And it stuck. So when you were 19, did you you were cutting hair? Did you think you'd be a hairstylist yourself? No, I actually thought I was going to either be a journalist, filmmaker, or academic. Who knew? So, I was 19. I was living in Calgary, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I take a lot of classes. I like women's studies. So you are you currently working in any of those fields in Brandon, Manitoba? That's a Jenny. That's the point of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm also a librarian, as others may be in this room as yes, well. Yeah. It's a really great career yeah. choice and path for those who are passionate about sure. learning and books. Yep. Yes, and uh, educating listeners. The this is yet another library-related guest. Guest number seventy-two. <laughs> we promise our podcast isn't like interviewing librarians, but it tends to. Be so you're working as a librarian. A I also put in a failed application to be a sessional women in gender studies sessional professor at the uh, Brandon University. Oh, wow. There's a university in Brandon. Oh, it's an undergrad university. Yeah, and I failed at that. Oh, wow. Excellent. Oh. Um, and then, you know, I do make small films. So I guess, okay, that's like, yeah, true. You know, there's some there. You, I haven't failed in all no. areas of my life. I've just as you get older, you modify your dreams and realize that you can achieve things in a different way that's a really positive spin but also you said like like so when you were like like 18 19 years old there wasn't i mean you were like maybe i'll do this or this or this i like going to school so there wasn't like we've interviewed some people who were like i was gonna be this this was my plan so you're more just like let's see where life takes me well, I think I was a, a very anxious person, as I as I still am, you know, demonstrated by the fact I had panic attacks driving here from Brad and Manitoba. So, you know, um, so I think it was like a lack of confidence and a little bit of anxiety that I was unable to put my finger on exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but I did get into a film program, two film production programs, and I didn't go to either. Right. I think anxiety so you know that's that's what happened do you think so that was like you got into these programs out of high school no I got into them after so the first one I got into was the joint program between SAIT and the University of Calgary which is a film production program and you go through this big panel interview and you do this whole thing and I yeah and I got through and there's people that I knew that were really sad because they couldn't get in and then I got in and I was like no so so one, so this was after like an undergrad and something after else? After two years of undergrad. Okay, so you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to live the dream. But here's the thing. I did get to go to, uh, I went as a, they call them uh, work study students at the Bound yeah. Center for the women in the director's workshop. And I worked with the art department. It was mostly Emily Carr students. Loved working with Emily Carr students. Loved working in the art department. Getting like left overnight for, you could not do this now. I don't think they would even do this at the Bound Center. Leaving us overnight in the tool shop just to be like, use the big saws by oh, yourselves wow. <laughs> you know yeah, it's yeah. fine um but i worked on the set for the uh, set for the first time that had um and i totally <laughs> think these people are wonderful but union um unionized film film people so there's like the grips there's the lighting people and everybody else and it's all very distinct um, roles and yeah. jobs and there's a there's a hierarchy right yeah and so I realized that I didn't I was like this is not a creative space yeah yeah interesting 
So you weren't really, so you started doing it and you're like, I'm not really into this. Yes. You so didn't, you didn't want to do like, you wanted to be more hands-on creative person, not just like, here is my job within this team and I can only do yeah. this, hang Saint, this light. Well, Sate really um, is geared, well, sorry, at the time, maybe it isn't now, I have no idea, it's been years, but Sate was really geared to be a program that was like putting people into the Calgary film industry, which is typically like people coming in from the states to make cheaper productions in canada oh. and so you're you're just becoming a part of a unionized right like film crew right? so if you're someone who just like really loves sound you could maybe be the person who works on sound but if you wanted to have a more like visionary and i think if you're thing, a person who really harder. loves sound that maybe you should just like <laughs> go to like music school and then like do sound art and then like okay. do sound on a film okay like i don't think it doesn't inspire at least that program for me wasn't going to an inspire creative process isn't that interesting yeah so then now i mean that has evolved to like working on like really small minuscule uh not greatly well created or crafted like super eight experimental films right so you it, it it stopped being like a career option and became more of like a i don't want to say hobby because i feel like that diminishes it but it became like an unpaid artistic endeavor such as a, <laughs> a, a, doing a podcast yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah right like i'm not gonna say this isn't exactly a hobby no but it's a thing i do that i don't get any money for but i get pleasure from and i hope other people get pleasure from it well, so actually, i was gonna just say in saskatchewan actually it was really good because the saskatchewan arts board has a lot of like they're really supportive of artists and also because you're not po- you're not in ontario where there's a lot of artists like right all there trying to compete for a lot of money so the Saskatchewan Arts Board if you're a young emerging artist you can actually access funds like I was able to access travel grant funds to go to festivals in Victoria where my film was screening so and you can actually access funds to like make your first little like a short film it still costs a lot of money to rent gear and things that you need and get stuff so Saskatchewan is actually a really good place more so I'd say than Ontario for uh, for young people trying to access funds right so I'm just thinking about, you mentioned that you liked like working with the Emily Carr students and stuff. Did you ever consider just doing art school? Uh, I did, but I took, I just wasn't interested in the studio. So typically in the, even if you're just going into like media arts, you have to go through a foundation year. And I'm sure this is really helpful for people, but you have to do, you have to do sculpture. You have to do painting and drawing and all those things. And I really had no desire to do any of those things. I think it's funny. So, so far, I mean, we're kind of jumping all over the place a little bit with you. Sometimes the interviews are linear and sometimes they're a bit more like this where we just kind of like talk about concepts and stuff. But I think it's interesting how you've talked about, um, you didn't want to go to, you went to the Edby interview for the film school and then you're like, uh, I don't. I got in. Yeah, you got in the, you got in the film school, but then you were like, I don't really want to do the like practical work of it. And then you were like, I don't really want to go to art school because I don't want to do the practical work of it. Like, oh, sculpture, painting. Yeah. So I think what you're, what we're getting from you is that you are more of an ideas lady. You are someone who, who likes the larger, the bigger picture, the bigger picture. So you might not want to learn how to make sculpture, but maybe you'd want to put on some sort of a sculpture. Like you want, well, like you're you, interested in artistic endeavor, but not necessarily in the making of a well, plaster I, mask. And also, most artists that are producing sculpture aren't actually making their own sculpture, right? Like, Douglas Copeland does not actually make... He does not place a hand on right. his own sculptures. He might do some 3D modeling. Right. But he is not the, like, artisan behind creating those products. He like, directs others. He directs others. So, like, mm. I mean, it's really funny how artistic practice has evolved. Right. So you want to be an artistic director in things. Right now, I just want to pay off my student loans. Okay, let's get to student loans. So, 
Somehow. You have you have a lot of degrees, right? You do. I have my undergrad in communication and culture. Very helpful. That's a really cool. Really major. opens doors up. You <laughs> it's know, a, I think it opens your brain up. I don't know if it gets you jobs, but it's a cool. I have a friend who got her um, undergrad in critical thinking. Yeah, very, it's basically. I mean, it was like very interesting, but it's. But talking to her is just like, come on, everything is critical. <laughs> let's just let's just gossip about things. Let's problematize everything. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so um, you got that undergrad. Did you know that that undergrad was possible, or did you just like go to the University of Calgary with like, I'm going to take a bunch of classes, and then you cobble together this? And you're like, like weird I guess sounding. this makes this degree. Well, I actually went to do their Canadian studies degree. And then I didn't want to do all the Canadian studies classes because their Canadian studies degree sounds ridiculous because you're in Canada, right? You're like, why I do that? But it's all about it's a lot about society and culture. So it effectively is just like a cultural studies degree, but based on examining like Canadian another, culture. This is another pattern of you being like, I don't really want to do the stuff it takes to get this thing. Well, then I re- but then they they had film classes and they were starting to. At the time, they their film program, what their film studies program or theory program wasn't um, official. Mm-hmm. but they were starting to put a lot of classes together and I started to take all of those and I had uh there was a young sessional uh prof that was doing quite a few of them actually Deirdre Martin and I thought she was amazing and I took all of her courses and I tried to stay there I stayed for like an extra semester because they kept on promising me that the film theory program was actually going to happen and then I oh. could actually finish with a film theory degree oh. but then it didn't they it just kept on getting put off as it happens in universities so then I was like well I guess that's done that's too bad. And then, you know, your parents tell you that you should become a realist. Oh, yeah. But then you just go to Vancouver just because you're like, this boy I like is moving. <gasps> oh, the boy. Yes. The boys come you, into things. And then, they... and then you move to Vancouver and you're like, well, my parents want me to be practical. Maybe I should be a teacher. And then you volunteer at school. And again, you don't like the classroom. <laughs> you don't like what it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you uh, stumble upon library studies. So you ended up in Vancouver because of a boy. Mm-hmm. So you followed a boy. Mm-hmm. I think so many of these stories involve following romance places. Yeah. Um, it was quite sad. We interviewed my mom, and it was quite sad because my mom was like, oh, well, I gave up on some things because, well, your father. I mean, she didn't quite say it like that, but I felt so guilty. I was like, but if you hadn't followed your, my dad, then maybe you, I wouldn't have existed, but maybe your life would have been fantastic more fantastic so, you, so you're in vancouver and then you went into so library studies so your master's in library i was there for a year i kicked around and i took a couple classes and i volunteered in a school thinking i would do education so i took like math for teachers and i still had to have a tutor you what know. was the boy doing in vancouver he was doing the library technician diploma okay so you he was like i had he went because he had like a plan he had a plan and so you went to like you kind of you went because you kind of didn't have a plan you're you like didn't oh, might as well just go here the plan was i love this person i'm gonna follow which i think is yeah like a legit reason to and do also things. i wanted to try vancouver sure yeah it seemed like a nice city to live in it was before it's become exceedingly it was like only sort of expensive and okay like 2003 so it was still affordable to be like i'm gonna move there right i can work at a toy store did you work at a toy oh yeah i worked at a toy store store. you work at that really nice toy store where they sell the playmobile yes i worked at the granville island toy company and we like ricky schroeder came in ian mansing oliver hudson i like that these are like kind of celebrities yeah we always (laughs) have the like yeah he's very short he's a great name yeah he does. Yeah, someone calls him Ian Handsome Man thing because he's he so was He handsome. was my, like, celebrity crush when I was about 13. <laughs> Ian Handsome Man thing. Okay. He's very nice. So you um, 
so you were in Vancouver, and so somehow you ended up. So he did a library tech, but you ended up going to li- library masters. Yeah, I'm not gonna so, do a library tech. So just what, joking. So I love library like, tech. Did that cause a riff in your relationship that you were like, I'm gonna skip the tech. I'm gonna go do my masters. No, this particular person is a very. Uh, he's a very kind and gentle person that really has no feel. Like, you know, some people are like, I don't have feelings of jealousy towards others, yeah. and you're like, Yeah, you do. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. He just flat out is like, you do what you, you do you. Okay. So I just want to clarify for oh. um, non-library listeners, right. the difference between a library tech and a library master's. Sure. Which is basically following with what we've been talking about. Library tech is like, here's learn some practical skills to do things. Yeah. Library master's is more like, here's the theory of thought. Here's the philosophy of library. So I can see why that yeah. is more your stream. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. were like, I don't want to learn how to catalog. I want to oh. learn the philosophy of cataloging. I remember just being like, I'm never going to catalog again. I think I told that. To, I, I said that to my prof. I also said in a science, like these are things I said in science. I once like in a class I took, I said, I told the, the professor, I'm like, I prefer to think of science as magic because there's just things that I don't want to actually have to access, which is really poor because like then you try to go on and do right. There's a lot of things I try to do. Like then I decided recently that I should try to do the MBA program. Yeah. But I can't do math because I'd like put it out of my mind for so long. It's magic. It's another so form it became of magic. magic. And you're like, so practical skills. So people now will realize I have no practical skills. Mm. Yeah. No practical skills. So, so you have the, the big picture skills. Big picture skills. Those are good. So so then, so library school, did you like it? Did you? Well, it, you two went. Here, here's the honest thing. Nobody goes to library school, as we call it. We never call it going to graduate school. So there's a, the first yeah, clue, right? School. Like, who's, nobody's like, I went to graduate studies in library studies. No, no they're like, library school. I went to library school. And I have yet to meet anybody from across Canada in any of the programs. And I love being a librarian, but there's something wrong with the curriculum. I've never met anybody that has gone to the school and thought that was the most stimulating experience that I've had true it's always been like well i got through it i jumped through the hoops i did it and now i'm happy in my career but that really didn't prepare me for much yeah it's a funny discipline it's a funny thing to to learn yes librarianship because yeah. it's yeah well and they're also this is they're they're trying to put too many people through the program that's not being reflective of the positions that are available and it's too like you don't even have seminar style courses right like there's no like 10 people sitting around a table they're trying to do theory but in a like classroom setting where you're facing the teacher and the professor's just speaking at you you can't you can't engage in theory in that way i remember going to library school and thinking that there's two reasons people go to library school i yeah i like it we don't call it doc like hospital school (laughs) i went to hospital school (laughs) library school i remember the two reasons people go to library school are you either grew up loving the library and couldn't imagine and like you went to library as a kid you worked there as a teenager and like you couldn't imagine any other path so those are people who are like their dream was to be a librarian and work in the library and so like they were going to do whatever it took to get there and the other half of the the other 50 percent and i feel like maybe we all fit into that category are people who are like well i've tried everything else i'm not going to be a stripper no one wants you know like well, i want i to- guess this is my option i guess the library school is the nerdy option for careers well, so i wanted to do something where i could like work with people and not necessarily be in an office all the time not be a teacher not be a teacher and uh and i you know raised by a mom who was raised mennonite and an incredibly frugal father i was like told you know have security right 
you know. And libraries offer that. Yes. So you went to library school. Did you work at the library in Vancouver? I worked at the Richmond Public Library, and I worked at the UBC Library as a graduate student. So how did you end up in Brandon? And I moved, well, then... Because you're working as a librarian in Brandon, correct? Well, so when I finished, it was 2000 and, It was December 2006 Yeah. in Vancouver. I had been watching the housing market. I still had the, like, the American-slash-Canadian dream of, like, home ownership. Yep. And those things and, like, the things that our parents had achieved. Yeah. And so I looked and I was like, well, Saskatoon at the time was still, I was like, okay, this market's going to go, it's going to explode, but I can still get in now. So my parents were really generous and I found a job before I finished. At and the you're, fa- you're from Saskatchewan. Yeah, so from like you Saskatchewan. Were, it was like Saskatoon was like this random city you picked. Like there no. was a reason to pick it. Okay. My yeah. dad worked for the co-op. I grew up around, you know, like all around Saskatchewan. Okay. Saskatoon is home. So then, you know, like I looked at the housing market and I was like, okay, get in, get in there. I got a job at the health region before I finished school and bought a house and came here. And then and then I was at Saskatoon Public Library and enjoyed it. But I wanted to find a way to get a promotion, I guess, faster than I could in, in the system at the time. And so then I moved to Regina to be a branch head. And then I was like, I still have this unfulfilled desire to for intellectual fulfillment. And film. Yes. Right. In so those media Because you had those artistic... Because, like... They never working, stopped. So, like... Right, yeah. yeah like, like, they were simultaneously, as, like, growing. Like, being involved with Paved here. and Yeah. So, you were doing art things at the same time as getting a paycheck and owning a house. So, you yeah. were, like, doing both tracks. Yes. But you wanted one track to be more... Because the library really does become, like, oh, this is all you... You can... It can... If you're not careful, your entire Consume. life can be working at the public library. Yeah. And I wanted to, like, not get to the point where I was like, oh, my God, I'm 50, and I didn't do this degree that I always wanted to do. I just didn't want to have a feeling. And I, you know, I value the fact that I, yeah, so I was in Regina, and then I met another person who, my part, my current partner, who's delightful. And we were at a distance relationship for a year. He moved to Toronto to do curatorial studies masters. Curatorial studies? Like Cur- museum? Uh, museum school? Art, art, art curatorial gallery art gallery Gallery school gallery school (laughs) okay Okay. well it's yeah um but we were at a distance and i kept i was taking film studies classes at the university of Regina just to see if i actually wanted to go i didn't just leap i like took the time to think about it was still making work and then i applied to a number of different schools and i happened to get into york and they have fabulous scholarships also a good film school and also a really good a good school and really they allow you to like play my alma mater yeah, and they're really, like, they're kind of, I wouldn't say flaky, they're, like, but they're really, they, they're they lenient, and they let you just dabble in all the different departments if you want to take courses in different yeah. places, so you can really direct what you want to do. I think it's a creative environment to learn. I think they like to believe that they are, anyway. Well, and that sounds like that's what you're looking for, more so than, like, being lectured at in yes. a room full of 100 yeah. people. I have no interest in that. Yeah. So, so you, so you followed a boy to Toronto, a man. A grown-up well, man. So you would say, but, but, but you also went for for education, like well, because it was a year of being apart from each. I didn't go. Yeah, no, you and didn't go I made either. a real, and I didn't. I applied to many different schools. That's true. And I chose the school that gave me the most amount of money. That's true. So it wasn't really that happened to be where he was. Yes. Yeah, he was not the de- the the deciding factor. And I I spoke to actually another film professor from the University of Calgary who I really respected, George Belnick, before I applied to schools, and I said, George. Where should I apply? And he gave me a list of schools. So you really were putting yourself first in this scenario. I, well, to some extent, I mean, yeah. He was just a bonus. Yeah. 
Um, so you, so you got to Toronto and you did the degree and then you ended up doing another degree. Wait, so the, well, you no, did the, well, no, you did the, the film, film sorry, was a film degree another master's degree? So I did a master's in cinema and media studies, but I really did, like, I dabbled in, like, art history and women and gender studies, women, gender and feminist studies, it's called now, but I did a second diploma. Oh, okay, that's Yeah, right. in curatorial studies. Right. Art yeah. gallery curatorial. Yes. Yeah. So you have all this knowledge in your brain. But this is where the student loans come in. Yeah. yeah. So I had paid off all my... See, now I'm working uh, in in Brandon, Manitoba for as a public library consultant. I have a great co-worker who's 30. Delightful young man. Uh, really makes me laugh. And I told him about my career path and how I'd been in Regina and I had money in the bank and I... Yeah. All these you things. had been a home. You owned a house. I owned you a house. Were, you were on the fast track. To All s- loans yeah. paid off. I could. I went to Cuba, no problem. And he's like, "What? Why did you do this? Yeah, why did you throw it all away? Yeah. Well, I don't. But you know, again, it's just money. It's hard. But I think I would be less happy if I hadn't pursued yes. extra things. And I am like so. I did some, uh, I was really involved in Toronto with an organization called Pleasure Dome Film and Video um, Curatorial Collective, which was started by some well-known experimental filmmakers in Canada 26 years ago and did quite a bit of work with them and had opportunities to curate a show at Interaxis, which is a tech art artist-run center, and worked at V-Tape, which is Canada's first video, well, worked, did contract work with them and curated a show for them, which is uh, Canada's first video art distributor. Um, so I did lots of things like that. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Brandon. I'm working as a librarian again. My partner is the director of the only gallery in this tiny, this smaller center that kind of prohibits me from doing things there because it's a conflict of interest. And I was worried. Is it? Yeah, it's a conflict of interest. Oh, like he wow. couldn't supervise. You. Yeah, like I can't. It would be weird for me to like curate a show he couldn't in his gallery. Oh. And I also feel like it was too close, but right? it's weird because I, what if you're like right now the best qualified person to do that in Brandon? Well, I think there will be small things that I can do, but I also prefer to keep my life somewhat. I want to have my own things. Right. Yeah. But then I was really grateful out of the blue. And I've been this is something that I thought about and written about in school and did some video and film programming around was around regionalism, this idea and Saskatchewan morality and all these different things and kind of was like oh I really want to do something more with that and then out of the blue I got an email from the Estevan Art Gallery and they were like would you like to come and talk to us about doing something for the summer 2017 about rurality and Saskatchewan film and video really and so I said yes that's amazing so I met with them yesterday and oh, that's so, what you were doing there yeah okay that's, that's awesome super cool so things do come, it's just different ways right like it's not and also like I'm still doing things with film programming ish in Brandon that I'm really excited about I had I would really love to I guess there were people that were making films like super eight and eight millimeters people were doing in the 70s in Brandon and then of course like film stock dies people stop making work but I have met this delightful older Polish retired Brandon U professor yes Jan Brexovich he is a master painter but he also made films in the 70s and we got to talking not only about the fact that his poems were censored in Poland by the government. Ooh. Freedom to Read Week event. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talked to him about that. But then he ha- he was making films. And he, the next time I saw him, he brought me his projector and two films so that he made in the 70s. So I'm really excited to take them to my friend in Regina who's going to help me like look at them and make sure we project them without hurting them. 
And I'm hoping to like unearth more films in Brandon so we can have a screening about all these films that were created in the 70s. So what is your... Okay, so are, would you do that as a librarian or would no. you, do, or you do that like outside? Outside. So could you incorporate... Because I don't really know much about what you're doing in the library in Brandon, but... So, so you're not a public librarian because no. as a public librarian you kind of have the freedom to maybe create public programming like that yeah so if you I was, you're a library consultant but you're not you no. don't have that kind of a role so what is your role with the I really I'm really enjoying my role so I am a community library consultant and I'm working for the Manitoba government in the public library services branch this is like if you're a librarian you would know in Saskatchewan you guys have the provincial library mm-hmm. which is a different we don't actually have the provincial library we have the public library services branch we don't have collections necessarily that we're we're not circulating like uh, multilingual collections to people or any of that we provide a lot of direct um, client service and because our system this is so boring but our systems aren't so Saskatchewan has I've learned since moving to Manitoba has a really strong region, regional system so we have a lot of libraries but there's um, headquarters to each of those regional systems and it's because of the way the legislation came through and mandated all these things so you have a much different system in a way just like one that functions very differently so there's a lot more independent smaller libraries in Manitoba and my job is to work with all of the libraries that are in communities that are usually under a thousand people so I help them with like just anything so you don't have to do like practical cataloging you get to do big ideas for people like go in and be like let's look at how you're like you you don't have to actually do you get this sounds good for you because you don't like the boring minutiae necessarily yeah no no i don't want to do uh rote tasks every day so this sounds like you can do big um big thinking or small thinking and it changes all the time that sounds like it maybe suits your brain yeah and i'm really it's been really fascinating and really uh riching to meet a lot of people that are working outside of um, Winnipeg which is the libraries that we work with and I've not spent a lot of time working with people working in rural or smaller libraries and they get into the rurality again. yeah and they're doing really amazing things that people often get it gets overlooked yeah. um, from urban centers so that's cool yeah that sounds fun what I find really like in terms of we've interviewed however many people so far but I I appreciate in your story of your life um, how like you, you did keep the two tracks of things going. Like you could have been like, well, I'm in Saskatoon. I own a house. My bills are paid off. Like I'm good. That's me. But you were like, that wasn't what you wanted. Like you got that. And you're like, no, I still need to keep learning and growing and like find ways to do film. I think that's. I like to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you feel. In fact, I think one of the first, some of the people are sitting in this room and with the first film that was ever shown it paved remember the stop motion one yes yes murder boy yes we made a movie it was very good there was ketchup involved yeah um do you feel that your anxiety helped or hindered because you talked about being an anxious person so do you feel like all of this was it would it like yeah so how do you feel like anxiety worked with this so i don't think anxiety is necessarily a negative no thing uh it's something that many of us uh live with and i think it's self-awareness and working with like really good medical practitioners sometimes and counselors and friends who understand and then also a lot of like self-awareness so i think for a long time it overwhelmed me um but then you can kind of figure out how to use it it also drives you right but it's like trying to make sure that it doesn't go over that cusp of like 
overwhelming you. So um, I think anxiety was a really good is a good driver. Like I'm just like, oh, no, I need to do these things. And I don't know if that's necessarily anxiety or like I'm also motivated. But anxiety helps to be like, well, if I don't do this, I'll just never do it. Right. It'll never happen. Oh, right. my goodness. I better do it now. That's and I, really, yeah, that's a really, I, I like thinking of it that way where it's not, because I mean, another person could be like, oh, if I never do this, but should I do this? Or is it a bad idea? I don't know. And they just never do anything. But you're like doing stuff. Yeah. Like the anxiety, like you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm also a list maker. Or like I like break things in tasks. Like, how do I do this? I've written letters to like <laughs> write letters to myself and put them in envelopes and say you can't open them for a year. And I'm like, you will have done this. I'm so proud of you for having done this. And, you know, that's a way of like drive, pushing yourself towards accomplishments, too. Wow. Is that did you make that up yourself or was that an assignment? No, I made that up. I needed something to motivate. You should myself. write me a letter and say, this is what you're going to do. It doesn't, Jenny. Jenny, it doesn't work. <laughs> Jenny, you have to write. Oh. I don't think you need a letter. Oh, I don't know. You've done lots of things. Well, um, I think I think you were nervous about moving to Brandon. I think you were nervous about this job, but I, that was the last time we kind of spoke about it, and now you've been doing it for a little while. I think you seem like you are liking it. Well, I didn't want to stay in Toronto. I love no. Toronto. I thought, like, the community that I had found, I miss a lot of friends, and... And the film and video community, there is a, a strong film and video experimental community because it's large enough to actually have different <laughs> different communities, which sometimes can be bad because they operate in silos. Like the experimental film people kind of hate the video people sometimes still after, I don't know. Anyways, that's a whole other story. Um, but I really wanted to move back to the prairies because I'm from here. I like space. I like to be able to like get out of the city quickly um jenny's from toronto you guys are both you are familiar with toronto you like it takes like two hours to get out of the city yeah and i don't you, don't you never a, really get out no and you don't have a car so you have to like it's such an ordeal you're like i've got to rent the car i've got to plan this yeah. i want to be able to like go for a walk outside n- not in the city yeah with a like a half an hour so you moved out west and i think it's nice that you found um i think that it's nice that it is an academic town because you will have it's small but you've got yeah, you've got that arts community. The university will always generate at least a small group of people who are. Yeah, there's really a great people there. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, just because it's it's wrap it up time. I guess so, yeah. Um, we always conclude our interviews with a question of if you cast yourself further back when you're like like little Amber, like little like five-year-old Amber, do you know what, what she would have wanted to be when she grew up or what her vision was for her life? Like what did she like doing then? Well, she enjoyed singing into skipping ropes. Very good at it. I put on a lot of um, productions, you know. Okay. Um, so I have cousins who are all of similar age, and often we put on shows at the lake, you know, and it's like without any sort of self-consciousness would invite everybody that lived like up and down the the road from us, and everybody would come, and we coordinated large-scale musical productions, Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. And I thought maybe that's what I, you know, I'd pursue something like that. You envisioned yourself being a um, musical director. Well, just directing people, bossing people around. And it got to this point, I felt so badly. My one cousin, I, it ended. These productions ended. And this is where I realized I am, like, a little fussy. Because I didn't like the piece she presented to us. To <laughs> She'd been working on it at home. And then she came to the lake. And she had this whole thing about 
I don't know, like splish splash. She, she was sitting in a laundry basket. And I was like, no, no, this is not working. I do not like this. <laughs> and that ended that we had a, a artistic disagreement. And unfortunately, after that, after like four years of these productions, it ended. You shut it down. Wow. Yeah. I'm just like, no. I was like, this does not meet with my vision. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you, that's funny. Um, what, what happens next? Do you, do you envision that you, I mean, you've only been in Brandon for a little bit of time. And only for four months. Yeah. Do you envision you guys might stay there or do you? Well, I, I think we'll stay there for now. I don't know where the world will take me. No. I'm really happy to not move every year. Do you want to go back to school at some point? <laughs> if I, it, well. It sounds like you like school a lot. I enjoy the, the community. You have a love-hate relationship with school. Well, yeah. Well, everybody, I mean, it's very, like, Graduate school, I think, is a like an abusive relationship. It really is. You're just like, no, you're so mean to me. But then, oh no, you were really good because you like you f- you filled me up with new ideas right. and like, oh, and this person like my one paper that I wrote and I went to a conference and somebody said it was really good. But then you like go through the whole process of like researching and like deadlines and like your prof saying maybe they don't like something and you're crying and you're shaking and then but then somebody tells you it's good like it's just it's oh it's just too much sometimes right mm-hmm. it's too much so you're not you don't really want to go back at this point oh uh, not right now no okay i'd like to start not putting money towards like yeah. if school was free yeah i would go more <laughs> yes but just kind of working for now yeah. well, and then you've got like the art stuff like the estevan yeah, yeah who knows yeah. maybe the estevan thing will open up doors and you'll be just hopping around the country making things and well right, right now I'm, I'm i'm happy that's good right now you're fantastic yes that's i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's good well thank you so much for joining us today amber thanks amber thank you um so i just wanted to do a couple quick reminder slash shout outs to conclude the episode um, and jump in, Jenny, of course, sure, your microphone is yeah. still turned on. So first of all, thank you to CFCR FM in Saskatoon who lets us use their studio. Thank you, CFCR. Thank you. Um, CFCR has a website, which is cfcr.ca, and you can listen to all their shows streaming, and you can donate money and help them out and and lots of stuff. And they're a great place to be, um, and they're very good to us. Yes. And I also wanted to remind people you can follow us on all of the, the social media or the social meds. Social meds. As we coined. <laughs> um, so we are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at YWGTBF, which are the first letters of you are going to be fantastic. And if you have a story you'd like to share with us, we can read it. No one sent us any, but if someone did, we would read it. We would read it. We would love to hear your story. And if you want to be a guest, let us know. Absolutely. we want to interview lots of people. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you're not in Saskatoon, we could phone interview you. There's lots of options. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get in touch with us, it's you were going to be fantastic at gmail.com. So thank you all for listening. Bye. What will be, will be.